Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, we're here. Oh, okay, okay. It, it just took a minute. There'll probably be a slight delay when we edit this, but that's okay. <laughs> Isn't there always? So, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Welcome to Oddities. Well, it's it's morning. Welcome to Oddities. It's morning for us when we're recording. If you can't tell by my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Anna's been awake for 35 seconds. <laughs> yes, I would say. <laughs> Bump that up to maybe five minutes and you got me. No, ten minutes. Uh, right. Welcome back to Oddities. I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And welcome back to Strange Town. Y'all, I keep forgetting to say that. I I hate you myself. Know, you know, throw it in where you like it. You know, yeah, it's like a little a little sprinkling here, a little sprinkling right. there. Just, what was that? It wasn't Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Wasn't that the meme? <laughs> That's what you're just doing with your hands. Absolutely. Before we forget. We're on social media. You can find everything in the description box. And I would like to bring special attention to our Patreon. If you would like to donate to our show. (laughs) This is a very musical episode. No, if you'd like to donate to our show, that's also linked below. You can find us on Patreon under Oddities Podcast. Uh, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. How do you spell oddities? O-D-D-I-T-I-E-S. I like watching your just like mental brain fart. I was like, duh. And um, what's the other thing? We have an email. If you'd like to send us comments, stories, topics, or you just want to say hello, it's oddities.talk at gmail.com. And that is also in the box. Uh, description box but you can't it's not linked so just it's also in the box it's in the box (laughs) how how are you today my friend i gotta tell you so okay by the time this comes out it this show will have been out for like a month Mm. but the haunting of bly manor came out last night (gasps) oh i have to watch it bro did you watch hill house yes i loved it okay I can't remember exactly how I felt during Hill House, but I think Bly Manor is, if not just as scary, fucking scarier. Oh, good. I want to shit myself. The the first, I had to keep reminding myself that the beginning of Hill House is so fucking slow because it is. It is. Because the beginning of Bly Manor was so slow. And then just like Hill House, once it kicks off, it kicks the fuck off. Did you watch the whole thing? No, I only watched, uh, first of all, I had to take, there was, the second episode, I screamed twice, I think. There's just, like, so much that happens, and I'm still, like, every episode, I mean, you're seeing a lot of the same themes running through both shows, Uh but they're so good, and there's, once you're like, oh, I've got a handle on this, then you're like, I don't have a handle on this. Is it the same actors? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I but mean, it, but like, do like, they play for the, the same, most part? Do they play the same characters or no? No. Okay. No. Okay. Got it. So that's how they're doing it. So it's kind of like American Horror Story, but actually good. But good. Right. right. Correct. And it's there. Uh, I okay. I got to episode five, I think, 
Four or five. The girl who played... Okay, this is also a, a fun tidbit. I'm just going to talk about the show for a second. This is a fun tidbit. You know the 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 guy who played Nell's twin in Hill House? Oh my god, it's been so long. I don't remember which one it was. Oh. The... It was the... He was the addict. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. He... That actor is because basically everyone has a, a UK accent in this show now, mm, except for Nell. Oh, and that actor has an incredible. It sounds like it's Scottish. An incredible accent in this show, and I like quickly Googled him, and I was like, "Where's he from?" And I was like, "Oh my god, he's actually from the UK," which means his American accent in Hill House was incredible. Was so good. Yeah, well, that's cool. I. I uh, there were so many scenes in Bly Man. I think, like, um, see, I was like, oh, I think I get it. I think I got it. And then I hit an episode and it ended and I go, I'm lost. I'm lost again. Like, I, they threw me for a really big loop in the episode I just watched. Oh, my God, it's so good. You have to, I have to talk about it with someone. You have to watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll watch it Uh, maybe tonight. Not all of it. I'll watch some of it. No, even I couldn't watch all of it, and I'm the binge queen. How many episodes are there, do you know? Nine. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so it's not like there's, like, 20 or anything. Okay. No, and I, there, there's, of course, because in Hill House, there was always a ghost around, like, every corner. Right. So the second she gets to the manor in this show, I was like, where are you, ghosts? Where are the dead people? Yeah. <laughs> and... And then there, there'll be, like, a wide shot of a... Like, the house is... Again, the set is beautiful. And there'll be, like, a wide shot of the house, and nothing will happen. And I'm like, this is almost worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, it, I can't wait to finish it. It sounds very spooky, scary skeletons. I'm excited it's, to watch it. It's perfect for Halloween time. Heck yeah. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> That's my entire life right now. <laughs> I'm good. Um, let's see. It was another very, very, very long week. It was for me, too. It was a very long week. I've also started a second part-time job now. Yob. Um, so that made it longer. I also tutor, so that also makes it longer. Wait, what's your second part-time job? My friend has a company and he has asked me to uh, sign on as his part-time marketing director as a consultant type of thing oh yes you did tell me yeah so so it's um it's a lot but i'm very excited about all of it uh so really my life is work 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 we've been watching ap bio which is very funny oh my god with glenn howerton i guess yeah he's he's dennis from it's always sunny Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> it's um, it's a really funny show. And I've I love been, him. I've been doing a lot of knitting. I love him, too. I think I have a little crush. Oh, I love him. He's so yeah. great. Um, let's see. Knitting. Today, just have recording with you. I'm going to do some editing. Uh, and then I'm going over to Corey's uh, parents to do some cricketing with my cricket oh. machine. Oh, oh, oh. For a second, I thought you meant cricket like the British sport. <laughs> no, we're not going to go play cricket. So, yeah. And um, tomorrow is like family pumpkin picking, but hopefully it doesn't rain. Is it meant to? Mm, out here, there's there's the chance. 
I don't know if, if there's, there's always a threat looming. There's always a threat looming somewhere. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, the number one thing that I care about is if I can get my hands on some apple cider donuts. Oh, big time. Which is a big no-no for me in a lot of ways. Gluten, heavy carbohydrate, heavy sugar. I'm not supposed mm. to have really any of those things. But, you know, mm. treat yourself. And I just finished eating a very unique breakfast. Uh, go on. Well... So I woke up, and then selfishly I chose to lay here for a little bit before I got out of bed. Hang uh, on. What, what was the time that you woke up? 6.30. It's Saturday. So I just want the listeners to know that. So Which is, you... which is like another hour and a half for me. I mean, usually I'm up around 5.15-ish, 5.30 on the weekdays. Oh, so. no. I know. So, so I laid here for a little bit, and I was like, I know I got to get up. I got to get ready. I can't I believe you called yourself selfish. <laughs> I know. But I was like, I just, I'm so damn cozy. All the pets were in the bed. Corey's here, snoring softly. And I just kind of <sighs> laid here. And then I got up and I got ready and everything else. And then before I knew it, we were supposed to be recording in 15 minutes. So I made an omelet with a little bit of goat cheese in it because goat cheese is fine for me. I had two small stuffed grape leaves. <laughs> And a couple of chicken breakfast sausages. I was just going to say, this sounds Roman as fuck. And then you were like, chicken breakfast sausages. I know, everything about it was super Mediterranean. And then the, the chicken sausages showed up. And then all of a sudden, the chi- an Italian would be like, what is it is? <laughs> what is it is? So, yeah. But um, somehow it all worked okay. Well, that's good. And now I'm following it up with some kombucha. So, you know, I'm going to have oh. a wild ride in the restroom later. I have to say, kombucha is basically, you're just drinking straight vinegar, no? And bacteria. That's a selling point. Vinegar <laughs> and bacteria. The SCOBY, which is, you know, or a lot of the uh, probiotic and everything, all the, like a lot of the health benefits. Yeah. Come, but I'll tell you what, that shit will clear you out. And so I fully expect that combined with the grape leaves and shit. Yeah, there you go. Mamma mia. Yeah, so now you're, that... You're going to end up with a... Uh, with a new body. <laughs> I'm going to lose like 20 pounds in one sitting. And now that we've discussed my Shit. bowel movements, let's uh, move on, shall we? What, sure. What do we have this morning? Uh, is yours serious? Uh, yeah. Because mine is incredibly short, but real dumb. Oh, good. Well, do we want to go short and dumb first or end on a short and dumb note? I think we should end on a short and dumb. <clears throat> All right, everybody, come get dark with me for a minute, shall we? So today, it's... I've been on a bit of a kick, a, a, a missing persons kick. That's they fair. these cases, and and like cold cases, all of that is uh, very very interesting to me. When I was pursuing forensics, that's kind of ultimately where I wanted to end up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I saw on BuzzFeed the other day. Uh, on like the Snapchat things that they have, they were like like uh, some number of some number of like terrifying missing missing persons cases, and so I read it and I was like, oh, some of these are really um, wild, and so I picked one from there, and so this is the Mora Murray case. Okay. So, Mora Murray was born May fourth, nineteen eighty two, in Hanson, Massachusetts, and she was the fourth child of. Excuse me, Fred and Lori Murray, which like Fred and Lori, if you are a couple with with those names, you're like born to be parents. 
I agree. Right? Heavy mom and dad name. Yeah. Names, plural. She had an older brother, Fred, two older sisters, Kathleen and Julie, and then a younger brother, Kurt, a.k.a. way too many kids. (laughs) Wait a minute. I, I... for so okay, the name Kurt immediately reminds me of the sound of music, which makes me feel which is hilarious to me. But also, her father's name is Fred, and then her older brother's name is Fred. Yeah, he's probably Fred Junior. I know, but like Fred doesn't seem like a name <clears throat> to have a junior attached to it. Like a Fred legacy name. Seem, Fred doesn't seem worthy of that. No, it's not like um. Nope, I can't think of anything. I, I was gonna I, say I, like it, like Wilshire or like I. I think it's very odd that people do that and then call them junior. Like, they're already carrying on your last name. Like, why are you giving them? It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. I, I just think it is. Meanwhile, you can say Joseph in my Italian household and three people and my grandfather's ghost will turn around. <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, where was I? Oh, when Mora was six, her parents divorced and then she lived primarily with her mother. She attended Whitman Hanson Regional High School. She was a star athlete on the uh, track team. She was accepted to the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, where she Whoa. studied chemical. Yeah, where she studied chemical engineering for three semesters. But after her freshman year, well, this would really be like her sophomore year, she transferred to the uh, UMass Amherst to study nursing. So oh, good for her. Yes. So here we are. We're we're studying nursing at at UMass Amherst. Prior to her disappearance, this is November 2003, three months before she went missing, she admitted to using a stolen credit card to order food from several restaurants, uh, including one in Hadley, Massachusetts. The charge was continued in December and was dismissed after three months' good behavior, or was to be dismissed after three months' good behavior. Which, P.S., if I stole a credit card, 100% would just order food. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big fucking move. Hell yeah. So... February 5th, 2004, Mora uh, is speaking on the phone with her older sister, Kathleen, while she's on duty at her campus security job. They discuss Kathleen's relationship problems with her fiancé. Around 10.30 p.m., while uh, Mora is still on her shift, <clears throat> she reportedly broke down in tears. Her supervisor arrives at her desk, and Mora was, quote, just completely zoned out. No reaction at all. She was unresponsive. And the supervisor escorted her back to her dorm room around 1.20 a.m. And when asked what was wrong, all she said was, my sister. Uh, the contents of the call remain unknown until October 2017, when the sister Kathleen publicly explained the conversation, which was that Kathleen, a recovering alcoholic, had been discharged from a rehab clinic that evening. And on the way home, her fiancé took her to a liquor store, which caused an emotional breakdown, which P.S., By the way, leave that fucking guy. Yeah, that guy sounds useless and a half. Hi, I'm picking you up from rehab. Let's go to a liquor store. That's fucked up. What the fuck is that? Get rid of that that? fucking guy. That's so toxic. Get rid of that guy. Anyway, so we set him on fire. No, I'm just kidding. But. (laughs) 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 All right. Saturday, February 7th. Um. Fred Sr. arrives in Amherst. Um, he tells he tells investigators, because at this point, she's gone missing. Oh, shit. I'm going to fill you in on the missing details, though. He tells investigators he and Mora went car shopping that afternoon, 
and later went to dinner with a friend, uh, his daughter's friend. Uh, the father dro- or, um, Mora dropped her father off at his motel, borrowed his Toyota Corolla, and returned to campus to go to a dorm party. She That's arrived a at ten car. That is. She arrived Sorry. at ten thirty p.m. Um, at two thirty a.m. Sunday, February eighth, she left the party. At three thirty a.m. en route to her father's motel, she struck a guardrail on Route Nine, causing Yikes. ten thousand dollars worth of damage to the car. Yikes! Yeah. The responding I have to officer say, done that. <clears throat> the responding officer wrote an accident report, but there is no documentation of field sobriety tests being conducted. And she was driven to her father's motel and stayed in his room the rest of the morning. At 4.49 a.m., there was a cell phone call placed to her boyfriend from her father's phone. Uh, The participants and content of the phone call are unknown. Well, I would go ahead and venture to say that it was her speaking to her boyfriend. Those would be the (laughs) participants. Right, and she was probably very upset. Probably. Uh, Later that morning, Fred learns of the damage to his vehicle, and he learns that it would be covered by auto insurance. He rents a car, drops her off at the university, and leaves to go back to Connecticut. Um, 1130 that night, he calls his daughter to remind her to obtain accident forms from the Registry of Motor Vehicles. They agree to talk again on Monday night to discuss the forms and fill out the claim together over the phone. Okay. So that was that was the weekend. This is the father. We're a little ahead in time. He's in, he's informing investigators of what they kind of did leading up to her disappearance. So was okay. Did she disappear the night she talks to her sister, or the night that her father leaves? Neither. She hasn't disappeared quite yet. He's just relaying events leading oh, up to it. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Monday, February 9th, two thousand four. We're starting to get ready for our departure or our kidnapping. Or our, we don't really know what the fuck happened. So. Yikes. After midnight, Monday, February 9th, she uses her personal computer to look up MapQuest directions to the Berkshires. Berkshires? 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 I don't know. I don't know either. But it's it's Burlington, Vermont. The first reported... A lot of good skiing up there. uh, Yeah, exactly. And we're in February, so, you know, shoop, shoop, Mm -hmm. shoop. The the first reported contact Murray had with anyone on February 9th was at 1 p.m. when she emailed her boyfriend, quote, I hate reading this, quote, I love you more, stud. I got your messages, but honestly, okay. I didn't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promise to call today, though. Love you, Mora. I have to say, I I don't feel this way about her in particular. I think when you read anyone's interactions between them and a significant other it's very painful it is um also i feel like my voice and tone makes everything worse (laughs) i love you very much stud 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 (laughs) what are we in greece i call my name for Corey is pig (laughs) that's true (laughs) which is a wildly different direction from stud. I just, I remember the first time ever hearing you say that. Like, Corey called you and I was with you and you picked up the phone. You were like, hi, pig. And I was like, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, it's a whole thing. So, she also made a phone call uh, inquiring about renting a condo at the same Bartlett, New Hampshire condo association with which her family had vacation in the past. Okay. Telephone records indicate the call lasted about three minutes. The owner did not rent the condo to Mora, 
And at 1.13 p.m., she called a fellow nursing student for reasons unknown. Oh, my God. My work phone just went off. Who is working on a Saturday? Anyway. Fuck them. At 1.24 p.m., uh, she emails her work supervisor uh, in the nursing school faculty that she would be out of town for a week due to a death in her family. However, no one in her family had died. Liar. Liar. She also said she would contact them when she returned. At 2.05 p.m., she calls a number which provides recorded information about booking hotels in Stowe, Vermont. The, la- or the call lasted about five minutes. And at 2.18 p.m., she telephones her boyfriend, leaves a voice message promising him they'll talk later. And the call ended after about a minute. <clears throat> in her car, she packed clothing, toiletries, college textbooks, and her birth control pills. When her room was searched later... The police discovered most of her belongings were already packed in boxes and the art had been removed from the walls. It is not clear whether she packed them that day, but police at the time asserted she had packed between Sunday night and Monday morning. On top of the boxes was a printed email to her boyfriend indicating trouble in their relationship. Around 3.30, she drove off campus in her black 1996 Saturn sedan. Nice. There it is. Uh, because classes at the university had been canceled that day due to a snowstorm. So, snowstorm. Snowstorm. At 3.30 p.m., she takes out $280 from an ATM. Um, CC footage shows she was alone. At a nearby liquor store, she purchased about $40 worth of alcoholic beverages, including Bailey's Irish cream, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of Franzia wine. This bitch gets me. What the fuck? We can make some sick spiked hot chocolate with some of this shit. Bailey's Irish cream, Kahlua. Mm-hmm. Kahlua. Come on. Mm-hmm. This is like a wintry, what, what? a wintry beverage dream. A witchery, wintry beverage dream. A wintry, wintry, indeed. What I, what threw me is the boxed wine. <laughs> Come on, well, bitch. Ma- let's just throw Spring some fr- for the bigger she's a, bottle. She's a college student. I drank boxed wine all the time oh. in college. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's true. Yeah, slap the bag. And from time to time, I do it now, too. Security footage, <laughs> again, shows that she was alone when she made the purchase. At some point in the day, she also picked up the accident report forms from the uh, Registry of Motor Vehicles, like she had discussed doing with her dad. Mm. She then leaves Amherst between 4 and 5 p.m., presumably via uh, Interstate 91 North. She calls to check her voicemail at 4.37 p.m., which was the last recorded use of her cell phone. And to date, there is no indication she had informed anyone of her destination or any evidence that she had, in fact, chosen a destination. Although I would say she's heading to Vermont based Vermont. on all these fucking calls she's making or New Hampshire. Right. Like, it sounds like she desperately wants to go to Vermont. We just want to ski. So <laughs> the disappearance. 727 p.m. We get a report of a car accident. <clears throat> so oh, sometime God. after 7 p.m., a Woodsville... New Hampshire resident heard a loud thump outside her house. (laughs) Yikes. If I was this resident, I would have ignored the thump and gone about my night. But that's just me. (laughs) So. See, my natural curiosity is so strong. It kicks in at really the wrong time. It's definitely going to get me murdered. Absolutely. So, through (laughs) through her window, she can see a car up against the snowbank along 112 also known as Wild Amanusuk Road. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I give up. It's Route 112. The car the car pointed west on the eastbound side of the road. So, like, we had, like, a... Oh, oh. We had, like, a, like a spin, so she, I guess. She skidded. For sure. 
Um, the resident telephoned Grafton County Sheriff's Department at 7.27 p.m. to report the accident. Well, According see, there to you the, go. She didn't leave her house. She just was like, ring, ring, something's wrong. I'm not going yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, mm, I'm not touching that. According to the 911 log, the woman claimed to have seen a man smoking inside the car. However, she later stated that she had not seen a man nor a person smoking, but rather had seen what appeared to be a red light glowing from inside the car, potentially from a cell phone. At the same time, another neighbor saw the car as well um, and someone walking around the vehicle. And she witnessed a third neighbor pull up alongside the vehicle. That neighbor was a school bus driver returning home. He noticed this young woman was out uh, around her car. Something had happened. He saw that she wasn't bleeding or visibly injured, but she was very cold. He offered sure. to call call someone for help. She asked him not to call the police. One police report says pleaded and, and assured him that she, would, she had already called AAA. However, AAA doesn't have any a record of any such call. Knowing that there was no cell phone reception in the area, the bus driver continued home and called the police. His call was received by the sheriff's department at 7.43 p.m. He was unable to see her car uh, while he made the call, but did notice several cars pass on the road before the police arrived. Another local resident driving home from work claimed she passed by the scene around 7.37, saw a police SUV parked face-to-face with her car, she pulled over briefly and did not see anyone inside or outside the cars and decided to continue home. This witness's claim contradicts the official police log, which has Haverville police arriving nine minutes after that. So. But but the, the looky-loo called the police first. Correct. And then the bus driver went home and also called the police. I like that the bus yeah. driver, she was like, no, I called AAA. The bus driver was like, that's nice. Gets back in his car, calls the police. Yeah, he's like, there's no cell service here, bitch. I'm calling the police. So You a dummy. <laughs> 7.46 p.m., the police arrive at the scene, theoretically at this time, according to their log. Um, no one was inside or around her car. The car had impacted the tree on the driver's side of the vehicle, severely damaging the left headlight and pushing the car's radiator into the fan, rendering it inoperable. The car's windshield was cracked on the driver's side, both airbags deployed, and the car was locked. Um, Inside and outside the car, he discovered red stains that looked to be red wine. Inside the car, (laughs) he found an empty beer bottle and a damaged box of Franzia wine on the rear seat. Damn it. The wine got damaged. Anyway, he also found a AAA card issued to Mora. The blank accident report forms, gloves, compact discs, makeup, diamond jewelry, driving directions to Burlington, Vermont, her favorite stuffed animal, and Not Without Peril, which is a book about mountain climbing in the White Mountains. Missing were her debit card, credit card, cell phone, none of which had been located or has been located or used since her disappearance. Uh, the police later reported some of the bottles of purchased liquor were also missing. So she, she gets in an accident and she's like, I know what I need to take all of my cards, my cell phone, and also the Baileys and the Kahlua. Booze. Yeah. <laughs> also, but it's interesting that there's an empty beer bottle. Mm-hmm. She didn't buy beer. She didn't buy beer. So journalist Joe McGee, who, uh, writes for the Quincy, Massachusetts Patriot Ledger, Of course, that's what it's called in Massachusetts. Love it. Summarize the incident. Quote, at a hairpin turn, she went off the road. Her car hit a... Nope. Her car hit a tree. At that point, a person came along who was driving a bus. 
It was a neighbor. He asked her if she needed help. She refused. About 10 minutes later, police showed up to the scene and Maura Murray was gone. First of all, somebody That's give a this- very- Somebody give this guy a Pulitzer because this is just, I mean, award-winning uh, writing. What the fuck is that? Artistically driven. A visionary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m., there are some alleged sightings. Between 8 and 8.30, a contractor returning home from Fraconia saw a young person moving quickly on fur On furt? <laughs> on furt. <laughs> on foot. Eastbound on Route 112, uh, about four to five miles east of where her vehicle was discovered. He noted that the young person was wearing jeans, a dark coat, and a light-colored hood. He did not report it to the police immediately due to his own confusion of dates, only discovering three months later when he was reviewing his work records that he had spotted the young person the same night she had disappeared. Mm. The responding officer and bus driver drove around the area searching for her. Just before 8 p.m., EMS and a fire truck arrived to clear the scene. By 8.49, the car had been towed, and at about 9.30 p.m., the responding officer left. A rag, believed to have been part of Murray's emergency roadside kit, was discovered as stuffed into the muffler pipe. Authorities would refer to Murray as simply missing at 12 p.m. the next day, almost 24 hours after the last confirmed sighting. So, a rag was, she stuffed a rag into the muffler pipe? Yeah, like why? Why did she do that? Why would she do that? Unless somebody tried to do that to her when she was still in it. I, I think it's interesting that the Looky Lou thought that she saw a cop, a, a man, a cop. Yeah, I have my theories. Of course you do. But we're not there yet. So yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have the investi- investigation. The investigation. What the fuck is happening today? 12.36 p.m. the following day, February 10th, a be on the lookout report is issued for her. She's reported wearing a dark coat, jeans, and a black backpack. The backpack is significant. A voicemail was left on uh, her father's home answering machine at at 3.20 p.m., stating her car had been found abandoned. Uh, He was working out of state and didn't receive this call. At 5 p.m., her older sister calls the father to tell him of the situation, and he contacts the police department and was told that if Murray was not reported safe by the following morning, the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department would start a search. What the fuck is that? Why are we getting the Fish and Game Department involved in this? What is that? Where where are they looking? What is it? Where what are they looking in the ponds with the fucking trout? What's happening? What do here? they think she's Jesus? Anyway, five seventeen p.m. New Hampshire. Yeah, what are you doing, New Hampshire? Five seventeen p.m. Murray's uh referred to as missing. Finally, so February eleventh, the father arrives before dawn. At eight a.m., the New Hampshire Fish and Game. Yeah, they come. Group. Uh, the Murrays and others begin to search. A police dog tracks the scent from one of her gloves 100 yards east from where the vehicle had been discovered, but loses the scent. This suggests to the police that she'd left the area in another car. At 5 p.m., Murray's boyfriend and his parents arrive in Haverhill. He was interrogated in private and then was joined by his parents for a further questioning. At 7 p.m., the police say they believe that Murray came to the area either to run away or commit suicide but her family believes this is unlikely. The boyfriend had turned off his cell phone during his flight. At some point, he received a voicemail that he believed was the sound of Mora sobbing, and the call was traced to a calling card issued to the American Red Cross. It's very strange. Hmm. February 12th. (laughs) 
It wait, what what year was this that this happened? This is like 2004. It's very weird that there's a calling card in existence then. Right. So February 12th, the father and the boyfriend hold an evening press conference in Bethlehem, New Hampshire. And the next day, press coverage was published. At 3.05 p.m., the police report that she might be headed for Kankamagus Highway Area. Uh, And she's listed as endangered and possibly suicidal. And the report also states that she's in she was intoxicated at the crash site, although the bus driver had said that she did not appear impaired. And the police chief said that our concern is that she's upset or suicidal. I don't like how the police are handling this. Uh, <laughs> said everyone ever. Right. So a week after her disappearance, the father and boyfriend were interviewed by um, CNN's American Morning. The family had expanded their search into Vermont, dismayed that authorities there had not been informed of the disappearance. Which is also, like, why she had the MapQuest directions and shit. Although missing person cases are normally handled by local and state police, the FBI joins the investigation 10 days after she disappeared. The FBI, here we are, the FBI interviewed the family um, and the Haverhill police chief announced that the search was now nationwide. 10 days after her disappearance, the New Hampshire Fish and Game (laughs) group conducted a second ground and air search using a helicopter and a thermal imaging camera, tracking dogs, and cadaver dogs. Okay, wait, I actually have to maybe give it up to the New, the New Hampshire fishing game like group. I know, big time. I, like pull- I was just about to be like, they're pulling out the stops. They're pulling out the shit that the FBI isn't pulling out, so, okay. So, I think it's wild that there's, I mean, I know that, I think tracking dogs are easily the most incredible animals on the planet. And I think it's wild that there's a tracking dog and then there's a cadaver dog. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I I think that's so fucking crazy. Dogs are wild. Yeah. Um, So when they were searching, her older sister discovered a ripped white pair of women's underwear laying in the snow on a secluded trail near French Pond Road on February 26th. But DNA tests find that the underwear did not belong to Mora. At the end of February, the police That's returned. That's worse. I know. The police returned the items found in her car to her family. Uh, the family checks out of their motel, exhausted from this whole ordeal. And um, the father continued to return nearly every weekend to continue searching on his own. In Poor April, um, the police informed him of complaints of trespassing on private property. Because <laughs> he kept looking. Oh, March fuck 2000- off. Leave the man alone. I know. For fuck's sake. Um, in March 2004, there was a disappearance of Brianna Maitland in Montgomery, Vermont, which is 66 miles away from Mora's last sighting. And there were comparisons drawn from the media and law enforcement due to similarities and disappearances. However, state police have stated there are no links between the two cases. I don't know. Why, why did they think there were similarities? Because they're both women and they both disappeared? Have we thought that maybe there's a murderer? Mm-mm. Or like, I mean, so I'll get into it. So in April, and again in June, the police dismissed any connection between the two cases. In a press release, they believe that Mora was headed for an unknown destination and may have accepted Vermont. a ride in order to continue there, adding that they had discovered no evidence that a crime had been committed, and they dismissed the possibility of a serial killer. <laughs> okay, great. July 20, 2004 to December 2005, police retrieved the items found in Murray's vehicle back from her family for forensic analysis. That's a no-no because now, now okay. any evidence has been tampered. Fucked. Yeah. Also, I was when they when you said that they gave the stuff back to the family. I was like, did they do forensic evidence on it? I know. What the fuck are they doing? Useless. Get the game. 
the fucking the, Fish yeah, and Game right. Commission back in here. Yeah, we were making fun of them, and now we want them back. <laughs> now I only want them for everything. So, July 13th, a one-mile radius search is performed by nearly 100 searchers, including state troopers, rescue personnel, and volunteers, and it was the fourth search around the crash area and the first search performed without snow. Um, authorities were most interested in locating the black backpack, uh, but they didn't find it in her car, and so this search yielded nothing conclusive. Why was it... Rep- who reported that she had a black backpack? Uh, I don't know if it was from the like the footage that they saw when she was at the store oh. or anything like that. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, in late 2004, a man allegedly gave Fred, the father, a rusty stained knife that belonged to the man's brother, who had a criminal past and lived less than a mile from where the car was discovered. His brother and his brother's girlfriend were said to have acted strangely after the disappearance, and the man's brother claimed he believed that the knife had been used to kill Mora. Several days after the knife was given to her father, the man's brother allegedly scrapped his Volvo. So it's all a little sketchy, right? Family members of Mm -hmm. the man who turned in the knife claimed that he made up the story in order to obtain reward money and that he has a history of drug use. All right. Yeah, okay. this this seemed a little too, like, on the nose for me. Yeah. Um, you know, he the father goes on the Montel Williams show to publicize the case. Uh, February 9th, 2005, the one-year anniversary of her disappearance, <clears throat> a service uh, was held where the car was found, and the father met briefly with the New Hampshire governor. Late 2005, he files a suit against several law enforcement agencies with the aim of seeing files on the case. November 1st, a user named Tom Davies logs into a message board called Not Without Peril, which was dedicated to discussion of her disappearance, and claims to have seen the black backpack behind a restroom at the Pemigewasset Overlook, about 30 miles east of Woodsville. Murray had owned a black backpack, as we know. Senior Assistant Attorney General Jeffrey Strelzen stated that law enforcement was aware of the backpack, but did not disclose whether it had been taken for forensic testing. Which is weird, right? But also, like, you can buy a black Jansport backpack literally anywhere. How do they know Especially in this time frame. Like, in the early 2000s, that's like all anybody had. Right. But why he wouldn't disclose whether it had been taken for testing is strange to me. That is weird. But then there, you know, there's a series of subsequent searches. uh, Like, in 2006, all the way up to 2010. Some say that it appears that it is something beyond a mere missing persons case. Something ominous could have happened. They, um, an Arkansas group called Let's Bring Them Home offers a $75,000 reward in 2007 for more information for her, about her disappearance. Um, in 2006, October, uh, let's see, volunteers led a two-day search within a few miles of where her car was found, and in the closet of an A-frame house approximately one mile from the crash site, cadaver dogs allegedly went bonkers, possibly identifying the presence of human remains. The house had formerly been the residence of the man implicated by his brother, who had given Mm. Fred Murray the rusty knife. A sample of carpet from the home was sent to the New Hampshire State Police, but results were never released to the public. In July 2008, volunteers led another two-day search through wooded areas, and the group consisted of dog teams and licensed private investigators. And her case is one of many cited by proponents of a statewide cold case unit for New Hampshire in 2009. Um, And it was subsequently added to the newly established cold case unit later that year. 
Um, her father publicly criticized the police investigation for treating the disappearance as a missing persons case and not a criminal matter. He called on the FBI to join the investigation, um, but he wasn't pleased with how they handled it either. And uh, the Jeffrey Strelzin guy, he says, we don't know if Mora is a victim, but the state is treating it as a potential homicide. It may be a missing persons case, but it's being handled as a criminal investigation. So from 2011 to the present, um, let's see, early 2012, observers of the Murray case began taking note of a YouTube user named Mr. 112Dirtbag. Fuck off. Go away. Who posted a series of online videos that some believed contained cryptic clues to her disappearance. Uh, both her family and professional criminologists dismissed the videos as cruel and hideous ploys for attention. Agreed. Yeah. In 2014, on the 10th, uh, yeah, the 10th anniversary of her disappearance, um, it was stated that we haven't had any credible sightings of Mora since the night she disappeared. Um, in an article published in the New York Daily News on the 10th anniversary of his daughter's disappearance, it was reported that her father believed she was dead and had been abducted the night of her appear uh, disappearance. Um, on February 9th, 2017, the 13th anniversary, it is noted that it's still an open case with periods of activity and at times it goes dormant. There are no new updates to share at this time. And in February 2019, the 15th anniversary of her disappearance, the father reiterated his belief that his daughter was dead, as well as his suspicions about the nearby house that cadaver dogs responded to, stating, That's my daughter, I do believe. In early April, an excavation was done within the basement of the house. Fred had previously wanted to search the home, but the owners didn't cooperate. And following sale of the property, its new owners allowed several sure. searches of the property since February. Uh, the excavation conducted... And they found absolutely nothing other than what appears to be a piece of pottery or old piping. That's the case. Hmm. I think I have a couple of. Can I just say real quick, big shout out to those new owners that were like, yeah, yeah come, come on, bring the dogs. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think it's a couple things. One, her relationship was going very sour and she wanted to get away because maybe she had, she was afraid of this guy, her boyfriend. Um, mm -hmm. because she left that email on top of the boxes. Like, I mean, she left like hints, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I so desperately want to believe that she left of her own accord, right? Because you could argue that she's using stolen credit cards mm -hmm. to order food as like a test. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, she, it sounds like she's very thorough. Like, she seems like she's planning something. Yeah, right. Like, to me, the whole thing seems planned from the beginning that she wanted to get away. But then I think it mm -hmm. went south. I don't know if her boyfriend caught up with her, like, secretly. And then he, like, went back home and then flew in to make it look like he hadn't been there. I don't know. Where was he coming from? Another, what? Where was he coming from? Massachusetts. So why did he have to all right. Whatever. I guess that's far. And then, um, or I can't help but wondering, like, since it was her and then since, like, that other woman only 66 miles, I can't help if there's, like, some sex trafficking going on. Yeah. Which is, like, a big issue all over. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's something that mm -hmm. entered my mind. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, the police dogs caught her scent and then it disappeared indicating that she might have gotten into another car so maybe she started hitchhiking and like maybe somebody murdered her or again maybe it was the sex trafficking right i don't know so like those are kind of like my few thoughts on the whole thing that cadaver dog thing is interesting i don't know if i believe that those people 
necessarily did this, although right. the dog could have. I don't think I do. The dog either. could have caught the scent. And then they could have gotten rid of the body. They could have burned it. They could have moved it elsewhere. Like, they could have... Right, but, like, maybe he was just an insane person that killed somebody else. Like, maybe it didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, it could have just been a coincidence. But, like, I I don't know. Like, that family seems shady as hell to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. But I don't know that I necessarily feel that they, like, did it. Uh, At this point, I have to agree with the father. It's very likely that she's dead. Yeah. I mean, you... I so so selfishly want to believe that she just made a new life for herself and just disappeared. But I think she's dead. I think that was the goal, but I think it went wrong. Yeah. But I, I think she's dead. Mm. Either that or it does. Now I'm, I'm no, I'm no stranger to car accidents, Mm. but it does seem strange that she has two car accidents in a very small period of time. Now it is snowing in, in the, Deep northeast. But she was from so, Massachusetts. They're used to that. Right. I just find it interesting that then the bus driver comes and she's like, no, 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 don't call the yeah. police. Because even if you are trying to run away, theoretically, you can do a car accident, like, and the car won't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be like, yeah, call the cops and just give a different name. Yeah. You know, like, I just feel like it seems, and then for the cops to get there and her to be like, later, yeah. and I ke- I keep going back to the, the person that saw somebody in the car smoking. Yeah. A, a cell phone doesn't give off a red light. Not that bright where she could have seen it. I, yeah, like, I feel like there was somebody, that's why I was wondering about maybe her boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. I'm always suspicious of that. I mean, I I talked about this, I don't remember when. Last week or the week before, the that that documentary about Chris Watts, um, American Murder, which I still haven't gotten to watch yet. It's so good. At the end, it says it's a it's a wild statistic that's so frightening, but it's almost always the partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I believe it, and I think it's weird that he. I was when you said flew in. I was like, I was imagining he's flying from a different state. Like, where was he during this time when she went missing? I don't know. So the whole thing is weird. He seems very suspicious. The fact that she left the email on the boxes in her apartment before she left. To me, it was kind of a case of, like, she wanted her family to know that, like, she was okay. But, (laughs) and, like, that she had planned this. But, like, this is the reason she did it. And, like, she she packed everything up. Like, she, she did this in a manner that, like... She wanted it to be easy on them. She packed her boxes. She took down the, she, right. you know, and then she left the email indicating relationship problems. To me, it kind of just screams like, guys, I had to get away. This is kind of what's going if, on without her being like, you right. know, explicitly stating. And if something goes wrong. Hello, check him out. You know, to, so to me, that's right. that's kind of where I, that's my number one take on it when we were laughing just now like we were both talking and then we started laughing it was because cassie had a had a t-shirt on her head and it flopped down like eeyore ears <laughs> i was plopping my hair and it's dry enough now where i can take it out and uh so i started to untie it but it was stuck under my headphones <laughs> so it just <laughs> like whang, it came down like two sad donkey ears um so yeah but i do th- i think and I think it's weird that they didn't further investigate it. Yeah, they're like, we interrogated him, and then we had I think his it's... parents brought him, and then, like, that was it. Like, this was the laziest investigation. 
Also, I think it's, now this is going to sound real terrible, but I think it's fucking weird that him and her father were like a part of the... The press on it. Jesus, God. Yeah. I think that's fucking weird. The dad, I mean, I don't think that the dad did anything. Did anything. No, no, no. I know, no. But I think it's weird that this is her boyfriend and he's a part of it. If I was the father, I would have been like, fuck off. No, I'd be like, go away, get me the mom. Like, I want both parents to be here. Where 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 was was the mom? I don't know. Like, what was she doing? So, I don't know. The whole thing to me is very sketchy. I think it was poorly handled. The only stars of the show in this are the fucking fish and game commission or whatever. Big time. And that's Maura Murray. A very, very, very strange case. And very sad. I'm sad for her father. And for her family. The fact that he went back almost every weekend on his own to keep searching, like, breaks my heart. That really, and I think the reason so it breaks my heart is because I can so clearly see my parents doing the exact same thing. Big you time. know, and so it's just like same with mine. Yeah, and it just like it hurts because I'm like, oh my god, this guy is just gutted, and he refuses to give I, up. You know. I remember my parents. Like I don't know when you. I don't know why you would talk about this, but we have. Or like my parents have been like, we would never stop searching for our kids. Never. Oh yeah, I've t- somehow it's come up for us too, and yeah, yeah, my parents would. They would I go mean, to that, that's, all the ends of the earth for this. Right. And it just is so heartbreaking to me. I, well, I naturally suspect partners. Well, yeah. But you're right. The email thing seems very well, weird. It's, it's the same kind of idea, right, with like missing kids. Usually it's one of the parents. Like, I mean, it's just. Or someone or they someone know. Or someone they know. It, one way or another, right. usually it's a partner, a parent, or an acquaintance, or somebody that you're familiar with. Right. B- because that that trust is has to be It makes there it easier. To, right. Like in the in the eighties and the seventies, like before, I forget what that kid's name is, but like the first like public child kidnapping. Oh no! No no. His I I forget his name, but he like got kidnapped like outside of a Sears or something. Ah yes. And then they they found his body and shit. But so then all of a sudden like America was like stranger danger. Yeah. And which like uh, hello? Didn't you guys have like murderers roaming around in the seventies? Like just a free for all? Like what are you people doing? Whatever. Speaking of the seventies, so, I'll be I'll be covering <clears throat> another missing persons case next week. I I just I so I think bef- like we had stranger danger so early on. So for kids and like you know like kids that grew up with that kind of fear, like she's not just gonna. I mean, I understand she's trying to get away, but. I don't think in that time frame she's resorting to hitchhiking. And I also don't think someone's, if someone's picking you up during that time, that some Right, wrong. exactly. Like, hitchhiking isn't a thing in 2004. Like, it's just not. Like, right. nobody does it. And P.S., when I have a family one day, I'm going to, you know, obviously be like, don't talk to strangers. But I'm also just going to be like, don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I just don't buy the fact that it's, it was someone... Like, okay, maybe she gets out of the car, she's walking around, somebody nabs yeah. her. But how does a looky-loo not see it? How does someone driving by not yeah, see it? Yeah, unless it was far enough up the road that they she wasn't within sight anymore. Like, she had she had grabbed her right. stuff, she had started walking. So, like, really, for me... And then maybe somebody For me, it comes her. down to two things. The boyfriend or somebody grabbed her. Mm-hmm. And maybe a combination of the two. Maybe she was trying to get away from the boyfriend, but then somebody got mm-hmm. her. You know, you never... It's just... It's hard to say, mm-hmm. but... Anyway, that's Maura Murray. It's very sad. You know, I'd like to think that maybe she's still out there, but I, like statistically speaking, 
probably probably not, not which is very sad and so uh why don't that you give sad. us something a little lighter some dumb something dumb so gang i don't know if you know this but the world's most expensive cheese slicer was stolen <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Where was the cheese? Right, is it made so, of gold? I'll tell you. <laughs> I can't wait. So, there's first of all, I'm going to talk about food-related thefts. Because these have happened, and they're my new favorite kind of Goals. Theft. In 2014, in Crayfield, Germany, thieves broke into a warehouse and stole 10 truckloads of beer. <laughs> this is like the Fast and the Furious, but dumb. <laughs> I love it. This amounted to 300,000 liters, or about 141,500 six-packs. That's going to be what I'm going to do when we have to get booze for the wedding. Bro, just go into a warehouse. And then in 2015, in America, the Bronx cops caught a man that stole over 100 gumball machines in the greater New York area. Oh, my God. Here's my question. How are you getting a gumball machine out the front door without anybody noticing? I don't know. <laughs> Here we are in March of 2015. A cheese slicer is stolen from the Amsterdam Cheese Museum from a locked glass cabinet in the basement of the museum while it's open. Uh, how? So... So here's the thing. This is unusual to us Americans, but cheese slicers are apparently very common in the Netherlands. They they're like, they look, look like little spatulas, mm -hmm. and they cut very slim slices of cheese, exposing it to the oxygen, and the contact of the oxygen aerates the cheese and enhances the flavor immensely. Ooh. Ooh. I'm allergic to cheese, so none of this has any weight for right. me. But, you know, go off, Netherlands. So, according to a spokesperson, the perpetrators were two men caught on a surveillance camera, and a composite sketch was made based on the footage. <laughs> this is a cheese slicer. I, I can't. Okay. So, the cheese slicer was made in 2007 in collaboration with Argentinian designer Rodrigo Utazu, and is encrusted with 200 diamonds. What?! And is worth 25,000 euros, or roughly $29,000. A diamond-encrusted cheese slicer. Now, that's something Corey could get behind, because he he loves dairy in all of its forms, especially cheese. Gotta go to the Netherlands. I gotta get myself a Netherlandish diamond cheese slicer. Cheese slicer. Well, don't worry. I'm about to tell you about this company that specializes Give in it. Give it to me. So, it was loaned to the museum by Housewares brand... Bosca Holland Cheese Wares in 2007. So it was made, and then it was loaned to the museum, <laughs> which I think is weird. But okay. okay. Bosca Holland Cheese Wares was founded in 1896 and developed over four generations, but began as a hardware store and manufacturer, and then became only cheese-specific accessories and tools. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go from, like, Making hardware tools to just being like, what if this was just for cheese? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, go off, go on with your bad self. Bosca now offers the widest range of high quality cheese accessories. Who else is in that market? <laughs> in the world, available in 85 countries. They're only succeeding because there is no competition. <laughs> they found their niche they market. They did it. They did it. 
So the CEO of Bosca Holland declares, quote, this is the finest and most expensive cheese slicer in the world, unquote. I believe it. Uh, no argument. Yeah, here. absolutely. According to the CEO, the cheese slicer once exhibited at the Millionaire Fair in Russia. So I Googled this because I was like, what, what is, is a this? Millionaire Fair? It's exactly what it means. It's a fair for millionaires. What the fuck? All right, new goal for the podcast. Get it to make us millionaires so that we can attend the Millionaire Fair in Russia. I That's absurd. What is that? Anyway. I mean, oh my God. So, okay. The CEO also declares that, quote, we are doing our best to make the world familiar with the experience of eating cheese. <laughs> our core business is to manufacture and sell cheesewares, but we... Also engage in creative collaborations with the purpose of making cheese cool. <laughs> this was the case with the Aotuzu slicer. At first, I thought that the theft was a cheesy joke because, after all, we are only a month from April Fool's Day. But that was not so, unquote. You can hear the sadness at the end of that. But that was not so. What I like is he goes, the theft was a cheesy yep. joke. Boo. Boo. <laughs> So the museum and Bosca are, were soliciting any information about the missing slicer via hashtag find that slicer. <laughs> and tips were welcome from anyone. Wow. Anyone whose tips led to the successful retrieval of the valuable slicer would receive as a reward a cheese gift basket and the world's largest cheese fondue set, a Mr. Big Fondue. What the fuck? I would want the same, like, I would want a cash value of the slicer. Big right? Time. Right? Like, oh, I don't want a cheese gift basket or a fondue set. There was... Also, what if you're allergic to yeah, cheese? Yeah, what if you're lactose you just happen to find You it. just happen to stumble across this thing. Damn. There was an article about it titled, quote, World's Most Valuable Cheese Slicer Stolen by Horrible, Terrible Human Beings, unquote. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> and it has still not been found. Oh my god, another missing case. Another. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the world's most expensive cheese slicer theft. Wow. Can you even believe? Also, what if one day in like 50 years, I, someone goes to open a cabinet and sees a diamond-encrusted like, cheese Oops, there slicer. it is. <laughs> I would have been like, yo, this is the fanciest thing I've ever seen in my life. Let me put it out with some cheese and crackers on Christmas Day. <laughs> but I would never think that that's the world's... Like, when you look at a picture of it, you're like, oh, all right. Like, it's not, it's not like the Fabergé I mean, has, egg of has, cheese slicers. Right, like it has diamonds on it, but it doesn't, you know, like I would just be like, this is the bougiest thing I've ever seen in my life, but I wouldn't think anything else of yeah. it. Yeah, wow. I wonder where it is. It's in, I'm telling you, it's in somebody's silverware drawer just getting fucked up. It's probably with the same people that stole all that beer. They're just having a bunch of beer and cheese with their fancy slicer. And they're chilling. And they probably have a lot of gas. Oh, they definitely have a lot of gas. I'm just saying. They're, they're bowels. Oof. And that's the theme of today's episode, everybody. Bowels. Bowels? Yep. We started true. with my kombucha talk, and now here we are. Here we are. I just, I just, it's just the wildest thing I've ever heard. Also, $29,000, roughly, for 
basically a Chinese spatula yes. is ridiculous. Yes, it is. But this is the world we live in. You know what? You're right. And they want to make cheese cool. And they want to make cheese so. cool. That's their only goal. It's, you know, it's like... And you know, so if you're looking for some some nice uh, cheese wares, Bosca Holland cheese wares. Not sponsored. <laughs> no. But there you have it. Wow. Well, um, I don't even have anything. So that was that, guy. I don't even have anything to say to that. That's amazing. You know, be on the lookout for... Um, this, uh, Shiny objects, yeah. <laughs> wow, and until next time, stay strange. <laughs>